Today's podcast is sponsored by Genesis, the most comprehensive and complete education for pool professionals. The Genesis Career Pathway for Pool Builders and Design Professionals puts your team on the right track to become masters of their trade. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, we're chatting with master pool designer extraordinaire, Genesis instructor, consultant, Jason Brownlee out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and I'm also chatting with uh, Chad Christensen, owner of uh, Watermark Pools and Outdoor Living. Pleasure to have you guys with us today on the show. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, Joe. Look forward to uh, chatting with you and see what we talk about. Jason, we kind of travel in the same circles. We, we're hitting a lot of the same trade shows this year. I mean, I know your background in the industry pretty well. I mean, but I'd love to get you to talk a little bit about how you first got your start in the industry and how you developed an interest in uh, outdoor living design. I mean, what first got you started and what motivated you to get involved in this industry? I have a kind of a story I, I tell oftentimes in teaching, sort of give my, my history and background. So I'll, I'll give a briefish version of that if anything I do is brief. So, um, uh, first, I am a landscape architect. That was my uh, background. Got my degree in 98 in um, landscape architecture. Went to work with what you're supposed to do with a landscape architecture degree, which is the, the big A&D firm doing like urban renewal and sustainable design and all that stuff. So uh, it was interesting, but I personally hated every minute of it. I was like stuck in a back room and, you know, being told what to do and couldn't really be creative. It was just, I was drafting boy, basically. I started doing some residential work on the side and found a passion for that um, quickly. One client in particular, you know, didn't have it, knew he had, he had money, he had a really cool site and wanted to do a job at like 120000 or so, which back in like 02 was a lot and didn't know where to start. So hired me, came up with a vision. I literally didn't know anything about pools. I called four pool builders out of the phone book because that still existed back then. And ended up working with one, hired one, made the whole thing come together, stood there at the end when it's done, you know, birds are chirping, sun is beautiful and everything is fantastic. It's like, nope, that's it. That's my drug. That's what I want to do. So I quit my day job and um, a few months later and hung out my shingle and started doing design for uh, pools and outdoor living. That was like at 02. So I basically built to a uh, design build firm at that point up to about 2012, where I kind of had a epiphany of, I really don't want to be the contractor. I just want to design because that's what my passion is, what I enjoy. Oh, I ended up selling off my construction side, just focused on design and uh, kind of uh, taking it from there. So that's um, my, my story and I stick to it. All right. So fast forward a couple of years, you first got your start and decided that, you know, your outdoor living experience was going to help you best suited, not behind the drafting table, but really out in front of the customers and becoming a design consultant. I mean, what was that kind of transition like? Because I mean, initially, most of your experience was kind of back of the house, right? Um, it's a true point, um, you know, and it didn't happen overnight. So to say the least, going from, you know, what do you do? I'm scared to speak because all I ever do is hide in a corner in a you know cubicle <laughs> to, oh, hey, here we are. What are we doing? Where are we? <laughs> no, so. um, the, yeah, it was definitely a, a process, you know, in uh, good and bad and learning, but plenty of four stories on that um, version too. But yeah, taking it you know, from a really having your own company, you've learned, the, you know, the school of hard knocks of how to deal with customers and whatever. But the, uh, the design part of it, kind of became came intuitively to, you know, be able to be able to read people, get their dreams, you know, discover what makes them tick, what they want, why they want it, sort of get behind the 
behind the curtain from Wizard of Oz analogy and, and see, you know, don't just tell me what you, you want me to hear, but I want to hear what makes you tick and then how I can incorporate that in a space that I create for you. So, I mean, it's, it's been a long process of that, but that's the fun part. Yeah, I mean, that part of you must have just been burgeoning out from underneath, you know, because a lot of the guys that I know that are in engineering or they're in uh, architectural design, these are really reserved guys, you know, they're not very, um, they're not very outgoing, and they, they don't want to be out there with the customer, you know, this is something my wife laughs and rolls her eyes at is me. If you knew me in like high school and early college, I was that guy. I was like, wouldn't, I would go days without saying a word. I was just sort of on the fringe and hung out and, and observe and took stuff in, but I didn't have the, the confidence to speak and, you know, go out and do what I do now. But um, I don't really know where it happened. And some days my wife wishes it didn't happen, but um, it was always in there. You just needed it to just, let it, it out. needed out. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Right. So. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> cerebral kind of thing, what you do, you know, and then to be able to talk to the customers. I mean, that's a whole other side of the business that requires you to be kind of an extrovert when you say. Yes. Yes. You do need to be an extrovert, but you also don't need to over talk them. When I first meet with a client and when Chad and I go and, and do a meeting with them, it's not about selling us. To them at that point they they have a job they want to do and that's intimidating on their end on its own that first time you meet with them that's about learning about them it's about looking at what's there listening to them getting a feel for what the project is like i don't want to sell or certainly not oversell myself or us or what we're doing but kind of just say this is you know hear hear what they're saying hear what they're not saying make it about them and that's a disarming um piece in its own because it is you can easily over talk if you allow yourself to yeah, as far as that's concerned, Jason's got an unbelievable amount of knowledge on design. And we go to a job and we're looking at the backyard and he's speaking to this, the clients. He, you know, he asks questions about them, and, uh, looks at the architecture, looks at all the stuff that makes his design come together. Because there's there's three things that he always talks about. And, they, and when he knows about all those things, they all come together. And the way he talks, the way he presents himself it kind of sells itself uh, because all the factors are thought thoroughly through. And um, a lot of these things that the owner never even dawned on what to think about. Can I talk a little bit about your background in the pool industry and how you came to start working with Jason? So I grew up in Texas and my uncle was a, a home builder and he always, you know, always loved going to his houses to see him build houses and kind of walk through them. And I always had a, a passion for the building side and for the design side. Um, even when I was eight years old, I just loved, you know, everybody else is playing out in the yard on Easter. And I want to go walk through his houses and go check out what he's got going on. And I always just have a passion for that since I was little. And so when I went to college, I went to Kansas State and um, decided that I wanted to do construction science. And when I, when I graduated, I started working for Turner Construction out of Atlanta and did the commercial construction gig for five or six years. Decided that wasn't for me. My uncle was down in Destin, Florida, and he said, hey, if you ever want to come down here, uh, well, I got so much work, I don't even know what to do with it all. And um, if you want that opportunity, go get your GC license and come up here. So I jumped at the opportunity, um, got my GC license, started building with him. Shortly realized that every single house we built had a pool. And every single pool contract we had was a disaster. Wow. And um, I was I, eventually, after two years, I went on my own, started my own construction company. And at the same time, started the pool company, Watermark Pools down in Destin, Florida. One of the challenges that I kept having over and over again was the quality, the, the creativity, and the business-likeness that they did not have. Uh, they were professional. There's just a lot of things that I was like, man, this is just be so much better. We have a, a pool in every single house. And man, we could do some cool stuff and no one wanted to do any cool stuff. So I figured I'd just do it myself. So we did design build on the houses and started doing design build on the pools. 
and integrating the houses and the pools together, which no one else was doing at the time. They would, you know, design the house and then pop the pool in the back. Yeah, yeah, pop the pool in the back. And we, I wanted to integrate it with the house and, you know, just be a lot more creative. And so I, I kind of grew into being a pool guy from being a home builder, but always had a lot of passion for the outdoor living, especially being in Florida where, you know, no one stays in the house all day long. The outside There's, is in, the, the inside is out. Absolutely. So I, that's where I started really wanting to spend more time in the pool business instead of the home building business, because that's where I, really what I love. And uh, in 2014, we decided to make the move from Destin to Nashville. And so I bought a small pool company here in Nashville that really did like six pools a year and uh, have grown it to uh, several more than that a year. Oh, go ahead and say it. It's all good. But with a great team and we just <laughs> we're having a lot of fun. And um, one of the things that I would I would say, you know, Jason and I were friends uh, just by knowing each other in the business and we'd go to trade shows and stuff together. And, uh, you know, we're, we all have the same need for more learning more, doing more complicated things mm -hmm. and making, you know, just great projects. And that's anyway. So we had the same mentality Philosophy. and philosophies. And as far as making the industry better, how can we make the industry better? Well, if we can do this, how can we make these um, these these builders that is another question for later. But uh, mm -hmm. how built how we, how can we change the industry here in Nashville? It's so far behind the times of um, as far as you know the the sunshine states are way ahead of of Nashville. How can we change that? So that's what we've been doing. We've been having a blast. It's been great. And, we do have uh, fun. We do we have that. a lot of fun doing what we do. So yeah, I mean it's great when you have that kind of dynamic between you know a top designer and a, a top builder and they can collaborate together. And it's got that kind of synergistic effect, you know, awesome, you know, the way you guys work together, like uh, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, you know, that's right. I'll tell you what it does for me as a designer. I know that if I have a, a builder that I have complete trust and faith in and, and knows he's got my back and I've got his, it frees me up to design even more creative things. So I don't have to hold back the design saying, I think this would be really cool, but I don't know if this guy can do it. And, you know, sometimes you hold that. But when, when I can trust him and then he can trust me to design things that are um, work with, with what we're trying to accomplish and how it works, and we can be back and forth and, and tie it in. It, it's, a, it's a fantastic synergy um, that, we, that we play off each other. And just, you know, we have, we have fun doing it and we were able to create really fun, awesome uh, projects and good clients and enjoy it. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it, Chad's story is not unique by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, like a lot of pool builders I know got their start as, you know, home builders and they saw a weakness in their market for that particular service. And they were like, well, you know, this is not the white glove experience that building a home is, you know? Right, right. That's one thing that we've we run into every day, at least in Nashville, is all these builders are starting to build these pools, but they don't they're, they're not trying. They're just seven it out and hopefully, you know, they just want to make money on it. But part of it's because, you know, there's such a demand, it's hard to find good pool builders. So they figure they could do it themselves. But the problem is they don't, uh, some of them don't try to better themselves. They just want to just sub it out. A, a lot of times on that, I'll make the comment, you know, these builders that are built that we're working with, they're building, you know, five, $8 million homes, $10 million homes, whatever it is. And, you know, the, the intricacies they put in, in the interior, from the cabinetry to the, you know, to carving, to the floor, to, everything is top notch. It is as right and as good as it can be. But it's like, as soon as you hit that wall, they just say, well, just throw a pool in there, put it in crap and see what happens. Like what, you're going, did you go to Walmart for your cabinets? No, you didn't, you, you put in the best. So why are you just wanting to throw in a, you know, minimum, it, you know, as long as it's wet, it works, I can check off a box. 
what really sells a house is the outdoor living space, how they integrate the interior to exterior, how it all ties in into one is the, the core of, why, of what makes the design work. And just ignoring that part is idiocy on their part. And I think that's where a lot of homeowners run into trouble is that, you know, they, they have this enormous blank canvas in the backyard and they have absolutely no idea what to do with it. That's such a great point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. I mean, can we talk a little bit about your professional associations in the industry, Jason? I know you're doing a lot of things that are really positive and helping promote and elevate the industry. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what you're involved in. Happy to, no problem. And I, I'll say, as far as professional associations, honestly, the I, I really, and I'll step back a little bit in my history too. When I had, when I was the design build side in my period, when I was doing both, the I'm I'm a good designer and I really enjoy design. I was a average contractor, if you're just being honest. So my my heart is in design. It's what I enjoy. It's what I do best. And I was I felt like I was stuck for years in the construction where I'm all day I'm dealing with this guy, you know, is late for work, this truck broke, machines down, you know, someone stole materials from a job, all the stuff that contractors deal with all day. I was dealing with all of that all the time. And then it's like 10, 11 PM and I'm exhausted and I've got three designs I'm supposed to present tomorrow. And I just couldn't give what I, what my passion is. I couldn't give it the time that it needed. So I, I had my epiphany moment of I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And that's when I started taking Genesis classes that so I had started watching I, literally back from the days when it was just Brian Skip and David back in the nineties, I started watching and saying, I would really like to do that. You know, that's, that's great. It's kind of what I, what, what I would like to be involved in and see and experience, but I never made the time to do it. I mean, for like eight to nine to 10 years, I watched it and never did it. And finally in 2010, I was like, yeah, I'm just doing it. So I'm going, I feel stuck. I need, I need something to, to move me. And I took the first class, actually the class I teach, Design 211, is the class I taught or took that day. And it was transformative, not from like I learned everything from design that it actually, did. I mean, it was, it put words to what was intuitive to me, which was fantastic. Um, but more, it was, uh, I saw a path to change my status and change where I was in the industry and get me to where I knew I needed to be. So I, I started, I took it that first class that whatever it was, March of 2010, and I don't think I missed a class opportunity since. So it took me four years. I did the, the SWD at the time was what Genesis was track that they did where it's what I've always equated it to a master's degree in cool design, engineering, construction. It's literally this, you take 150 hours of detailed expertise that, that gives you literally from the, from literally the best in the world, in the industry. And you have a, a working knowledge level that gives you a, a master's level um, opportunity. So it took me four-ish years. I think 2015, I got my SWD. And really that's, that transformed me, gave me the, the path to know to change from design build to strictly design. And then sort of set me on a path where I, I kind of started doing work regionally and that grew to some more nationally. And then, you know, started teaching, which was great. And um, I know the, you know, the, there's Genesis and Watershape University now. I'm, I, I'm part of both and do both and, and love it. And think that's the, the opportunities from both sides of that uh, coin are, are an option for students across the, the industry, across the country and beyond to just absolutely change where, where they are in the industry and take you to another level. Even if it's, it may not be design, it may be in construction, it may be engineering, where all three of those three things comes together, that's, the, the, that's what makes it successful in this industry. 
I know that when Skip and Brian and, and David were coming up, that uh, there weren't a lot of programs available. I mean, a, a large part of the curriculum that they put out into the industry, you know, has been pretty much largely responsible for transforming. And the- by not a lot of programs, you mean zero. Yeah. <laughs> those, those programs that were available were pretty much, you know, just disguised sales pitches and things like that. Correct. But these days, you know, the curriculum is advancing year by year. You know, there's, there's new products, new technology on the market, new ways of doing things. See, the, and I'll go back to not just industry related. I think one of the best things about the Genesis program originally and both of them now is the fact that it's, it's like a classical education. You're getting art history, you're getting color theory, you're getting, you know, history of pools, history of everything, you know, the the background elements. It's not just about pools, 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 construction, construction, construction. It's equal parts design, engineering and construction. And it's, it's, it's just it's incredible what it can take you from open up new worlds and visions and then take where it can take you is is a phenomenal um, part and it's it's constantly growing and changing and especially now in the world of online uh, I was kind of really not pleased with the online thing happening because as an instructor teaching it I love the I love to see people and talk to them and it's it's not just what you know it's who you know it's the the interaction and getting if I can call up someone any day and you know say I've got a problem I'm going to call the best in the world that I just am friends with because these classes and yeah. and solve a problem we did it last week on a concrete issue you know, yeah. boom, had wasn't going to be able to get shot creep because of some local reason and called up Ryan Oaks and um, Rocky and some, you know, Tennessee Concrete Association, just all kind of people. And it was like, boom, here you go. It's problem solved an hour later. So um, all that came from these these classes. I think you're right. It's 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 who you meet along the way that also helps you. It's not just classes. What you can learn from the from the interaction, not just in class, but beyond. So that's where I was going with it. The online element, I didn't like at first because I thought I'm going to lose that. And, and it was a little different. I did the, the first class in 2020 that was done for either online. I taught was full studio um, 3D modeling class. And and it was like this sort of pilot. Okay, is this going to work? Is it going to be clunky? Is everyone going to you know freak out because you're not together? And no, it actually works pretty well. I'm, I'm in the middle of teaching um, design to 11 right now. And it's, it's going great and you're getting great response. And I'm now doing it both live and virtually. And both of them have a benefit. You know, that's one is one, some of the reason, the good part about the virtual is it's not two days solid and you like bring home some of that it's four nights and you're able to sit on it, marinate on it, think about it a little bit and have, you know, more, more uh, smaller chunks. So you, you get some, you can think about it. And then you, the next day, you know, you, you've got it more instead of just, you know, hitting with a fire hose and seeing if you can retain 10%, maybe they retain 40% or 80 or whatever. Let's get deep yeah. into the weeds, Jason. And Chad. Yeah. Let's, let's really talk about your guys' design process when you're working with a client on a really exceptional custom pool and outdoor living concept. My design process, I, I tell every client at the first meeting, what I look at is three things. And there's three things that I look at. And there's one thing after that I don't tell them that I really try and figure out on my own based on what they, they tell me. But the three things I always look at are the, the house, the site, and the person. So where, where you have the, the house, the architectural style, the, the character, the sight lines, what's, what is the style? Do you know the style? Can you say if it's a ranch or a, or a European revival or a Cape Cod or, or whatever? 
Um, and then can you speak to the client eloquently about what that style is or what makes it that specific style? That immediately is a boom. They, they believe it. They may not have a clue what it is, but the fact is you walk up and say, oh man, this is a beautiful French formal because of the uh, way the, the dormers cut through the, the eve. You know, there's, you start to point out those things and you've got instant credibility to them. Um, but the, the house is a, a major key to the design. I, I want to blur the line between the inside and out or sometimes erase it um, and make it where the, the in is out, the out is in. It feels like it's just an extension or an expansion of your home. So that's the house part. The site part, I look at the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the assets, limitations, what makes a site special, what is something I want to screen or make disappear. Um, where, where, I, where that meets the house is, is important. But you can have the same house and the same site, and you can have completely different design solutions based on your, your client, who's the family. And that's where it's key to I meet, want to meet with them at their home and, and be in their world and, and get a feel for who they are, see the, you know, see the house, see their, how they operate. Do they have kids? How many? You know, get to know about them, their you know, wife, their kids, their dog, their art, their everything. What makes them tick? is you try and find that. So where the house, the site, and the client all come together, that's your design. I mean, that's sort of the core of a really solid, strong design. And I use those three parts to determine what I always say, create the emotional theme of the entire space. If you relate it to a story, it's like you're trying to find the moral of the story, the, the plot line of the, the, the goal of a good movie. What's the reason to create the design we're doing? Um, good typical reasons you get are the, I want to make the family haven, which is well, my kids are going to be teenagers. They, I don't want them going off someone else's house. I want them to come, want to come here and bring their friends. I want to know the friends and create this, you know, wonderful utopia idea, which I generally say you probably don't have teenagers then if you want everyone here all the time. So, um, but so the family haven is a good reason. Another good reason is like the retreat is to, you know, like an executive CEO's busy, crazy day life, whatever. When it's the weekend, I just want a place where I can just sit and stop and it all feels right. That's a good reason um, to create a space. So then you, you, you run the decisions you make in design through the filter of does it meet this reason to do the design? Sure, um, you're like reverse engineering it based off of those reasons. Correct. Yeah. So that's kind of another one that I do a lot of is like sort of the wow factor, the entertainment where they just want to, we love to entertain. We want to bring people over, show up, you know, not, not just being ostentatious, but, you know, have a, have a place everyone wants to come and have parties and, you know, drink the night away. And it's not about swimming. It's about the, the, the overall experience and creating a, an ambiance. Well, how does that tie into some of the, the ways that you collaborate with Chad in terms of planning an exceptional pool environment for people? I mean, are there limitations in some of the designs that you come up with that, you know, Chad just says, you know, hey, hey buddy, that's not feasible. Are there <laughs> you won't let me do that. <laughs> the answer is yes. What's the question? Yes, that's, that's what he does. That's right. Well, Jason understands the construction side. So he's he knows what's possible, but he also knows how to push the envelope really hard. I think with that understanding that he does have, it's a matter of, like he says, he like he likes to find a problem and solve it with hydraulics or when we collaborate on structure and, and things like that to, to make it happen. Like, for instance, for the plant, when we start a new project, uh, a complicated project, we all come in the office. I bring some of my lead guys in here, maybe some of our plumbers, and we'll sit down and go through the whole the whole plumbing schematic, explain what the job's all about, you know, what 
what some of the pitfalls are, how do, you know, how do we want to stay away from this and that? And here's what the design is. This is the whole point. Uh, understand Jason's trying to do this. That collaboration is, is awesome up front. It's wonderful. And we continue that throughout the process. Actually, we had a pro- we have a project right now that's uh, it's on a farm. And pear tree. we pear tree. Mm-hmm. and we started what well, we were about to do. We we're about to do that, Phil. And go ahead. Oh, that's sorry. Okay. So, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's all in full contractor mode, you know, being, well, we finished all the plumbing, we got inspection. By God, our guys are out there. We're backfilling that thing today. You know, it's like Friday afternoon or something. It's like, no, stop. Don't backfill it yet. So I'm not stopping. No, I'm not. I'm backfilling it unless you're paying for the guys to come out there and another day and whatever. It's like, trust me. Just stop. Give it. Give me till Monday morning. Why do I need to stop, Jason? No, I had I had Hunter, who's my right hand man, and works with me. Come and uh, I, we have a drone. So I wanted to fly the drone over the the site, showing where all the plumbing is, how everything ties together and looks, and you know, from an aerial view, and 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 get some good shots of that before it's backfilled, and you don't know what it is. So um, we we did. He stopped, thankfully, and did that. And then we um, we came out Monday and did the, flew the drone over it and got the pictures. And I was actually able to take the the drone shots and underlay them in my CAD drawing of the entire project and and show like exactly down. And it's into his chat's credit, which is really good. I mean, it's down to the to the inch on like layout of, of how it gets, which is great because it's a big curvilinear and all kind of stuff to it. But um, but be able to have a drawing like that that shows, you know, what what the intent is, what the design is, and then the underlay of what's actually happening and how the two merge into one physical document was kind of beautiful. Really. It was awesome because so, then you can. You know, if you ever have an issue, you go look at that return line you're having a problem with and you just, hey, Jason, how far is it off that wall? It's four foot three. Cool. Awesome. It's right there. Mm -hmm. We're doing that on several jobs. And it it really makes it just shows you how different we are compared to our competition. I like to get shots at each phase of the design. So for one, I like to see it as it comes together. And I mean, it's still the the. The joy is the process as well. A design isn't just the beginning. The design permeates the entire process from beginning to when you're standing at the very end and the sun is shining and Jimmy's out there taking the pictures and you're, that's, that's when the design ends is when it's all over. So this, this part where we are during construction, that's still part of the design. So I wanted to take pictures and and be able to document what what it is, make sure that everyone's on the same page and we all see it from not just standing on site, you know, with mud covered boots, but from a, an aerial perspective and see, see how the decisions, you know, where all the plumbing lines are, maybe it, it, it'll come in fantastic when we're doing landscape. You say, well, I want to put a big tree right here, but oh, let's look and see underneath it. There's a, there's a center line trunk line of the, you know, drainage system going through here, the whatever. Well, I guess we need to adjust the planting right. um, to do that. So it all comes into play. Um, the, the, the construction, pro- there's just as much design in the construction process, if not more than through the beginning, through the concept and the pretty pictures and the sales and the contract and all that stuff. So no, it's a great, uh, pitfall that you discussed over the a potential pitfall that a client could fall into, you know, when planning the landscaping aspect, you know, and mm-hmm. those, uh, those underground lines and how those might interfere with planting trees and, and planting the other landscaping elements and, and starting to build up elevations and, you know, can you excavate at this point? I mean, these are, these are important things that I don't think a lot of customers consider and maybe potentially a lot of pool builders don't consider when they're actually building the project, you know? 
I, I think that is the bane of almost every landscape contractor is that damn pool builder put his lines and I'm in the middle of my bed. Don't you know where I need to plant the these? So, so yeah. And that's, that's where having a, a team that, you know, that someone is in charge of the vision from, from day one that can speak directly to the pool contractor and then can speak to the hardscape contractor and then can speak to the landscape contractor, can speak to the lighting contract and speak to the right. interior designer and how you don't play the, the game of what telephone where I whisper in someone ear and he goes to the next and the next. And by the time it's four people down, it's something completely different. If, if the person that envisioned the entire space at the onset is able to tell in each person's ear, what's supposed to happen, the odds of everyone being on the same page increase dramatically. Sure. That's a great point, Jason. You know, let's let's expand on that. I mean, what are some of the other potential pitfalls clients can fall into when they're working with a designer and a contractor and they're trying to, you know, bring all the elements together? I mean, a lot of times, like you said, you know, it's like the Tower of Babel. Everybody's talking a different language. You know, how do you get everybody on the same page? Forcefully, but with humor. <laughs> Does that work? Is that yeah, an answer? That is <laughs> you don't you don't back down. When people are saying, no, we do it this way and whatever, you say, no, I respect what you're saying, but there's a reason behind what we're doing and here's why it is. So you can take your ego and check it at the door and let's all be team players, people. So, um, which actually I think brings up a good point about the, the role of ego that that often is you know what it is i mean a lot of guys just don't want to pull up their big boy pants and and get the job done they gotta they gotta get their two cents in first you know yeah so everyone's got to make a comment and and that's fine i mean you know you know if you're good for a reason damn it you're good for a reason but but at the same time if if you're doing like paul uh paul boulevard the um he teaches the um designs or architecture styles class from genesis um, one of my best friends and great in the industry, he's full of great analogies and alliterations. But one thing he always says is the difference in monologue and dialogue is monologue is me telling you what to do and you do it or else And dialogue is we talk about it and we think about it and we say, hey, will this work? I don't know. What do you think? Let's come up, let's let's have the you know, let's have this discussion about what works. And one is a is a yelling at someone. and The other is attacking it as a team. And the dialogue is where what makes good um, teams happen. I know that you guys got some great projects going on and that you've had a busy couple of years. I mean, so what are some of the, uh, the new projects that you got coming out that you're excited to talk about? Yeah. Okay. So, so that was a, a fun project. Um, I'll actually tell you the a little story on the front end that makes it really um, unique. And then we kind of get into the specific of the project, but it, this is an example of, of a, a, what's very common here, especially is everyone from California seems to be moving to Tennessee. Um, this homeowner was a, um, they moved from California in March and February of 2020, right before the world ended and everything went to jump. Um, the, uh, bought a 2.1 million spec home in the outside of Nashville, outside of Franklin, kind of in a, a woody, wooded area. Um, nice, one of those more contemporary farmhouse, more contemporary than farmhouse, but, um, you know, pretty, but spec home. The same builder had three almost identical houses, you know, within, a within the same subdivision so the they bought the house for 2.1 he uh, hired me we came i did the whole thing i did the the driveway and the landscape and the front and the the backyard and the pool and the pool house and the the landscape and all the above so the backyard element part was was key we had a lot of fun designing it and back and forth what we did including and we added a million 
one, two, million three, give or take, to do the pool, pool house, hardscape, um, all that stuff. So he's sitting at about three and a half million all in on the on the investment on his property. But what we what we did, and we can go into specific design lately, really. I mean, it made it like a, a piece of art. It was a, focused on expanding the inside to the out, connecting all the things we talked about, the house, the, the homeowner, and the site all came together and made made it kind of a really, this just whole great feel to it. It made it really an artistic space. And as, as Chad was finishing up the final details on it, we're getting ready for, you know, final punch list and, and handover. He gets a knock on the door and another guy comes and offers him seven and a half million cash. Boom. So he literally doubled his entire investment based on what we had done on the outside. So, I mean, there's, there's another two point something million spec, just like it, you know, six houses down. And, and it's that's a horrible what, pool, a horrible. Yeah, pool it was bad. I know. So, really but, but so that's a little story on what, what can happen when you have a well-designed, well-considered thought through and well-constructed, um, vessel or it just or pool and backyard space it becomes artistic as far as equipment goes and manufacturers or whatever I've I actually as a when I built I'll, I'll go back and tell a little bit of my story um, when I was a builder I was a JD guy through and through and and, and whatever um, and and they did good great product and, and do well um, the I actually in like was it 05 it's kind of early on right when Pentair came out with the first um, variable speed pump and you know they had some new automation elements and uh, Jandy was getting bought out by Zodiac and the kind of going into some transitions there I, I kind of said you know what I'm going to do I'm going to be a Pentair guy so I, I went all in on Pentair and tried to become you know like put every re rewrote my entire marketing sold I sold straight Pentair for like eight months and and could not get a rep to call me one time from Pentair so, and finally I, but my, uh, Jandy rep called me and said, so you done yet? Are we good? You know, <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm done. That's not a knock on Pentair. Pentair is a fantastic company and does great, you know, amazing stuff. I'm not at all saying Pentair's bad. It's really based on who your rep is and how good that rep is, as to what is, right. is to how successful that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's different markets have different things and whatever. So, but when I, when I got to design world, um, and I quit building and, you know, I need to be able to design with all three and I can't. So I learned everyone's product down to part numbers and backwards and forwards and all of the above. So I can do JD, Pentair and Hayward all three together. Um, but one thing that I never in it is different areas, different feel and different spaces. But the, you know, it's kind of JD, Pentair, Hayward, Ford, Chevy, Dodge. Um, everyone has their opinions on them. Um, I had the opinion that that Hayward wasn't as good as some as the others. So, and and I don't know really why that is. I think it was more for the fact that a lot of the just production companies tended to use some Hayward, and at least that I knew of. And you know, not some of the bigger ones use others. But when I did the what I call blind taste test, where just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna put away any bias and I'm just gonna look at straight fact. And I'm kind of a researcher, and I like get into the. the details of you know hydraulic flows and whatever so um when i finally sat down and looked at it and i looked at the the nine different systems that make a that make a pool function from um uh, circulation filtration heating automation um, sanitization cleaning lighting etc cetera, etc cetera, um there's something in the hayward line that i really liked better than than some of the others and some of them were major and some of them were minor 
Like for instance, the the Hayward H, uh, HCP commercial pump has three and four inch unions. Well, if we're doing high, you know, these big pipes, three and four inch pipes throughout the systems to get um, to get slow water moving through the system better, then why do I have to go down to a two to a half inch at the pump? The most important part. So I keep everything big and, and tie it in and make it through. So it works like a charm. Um, you know, well, the, the, they have a Hayward has a five hundred thousand BTU heater where everyone else is four hundred thousand. So it heats pop a little bit faster. Um, the lighting will work um, dry. So the LED lights I can use in the landscape and I can pull the light out to, to illuminate the, the, like the key feature tree that I've designed the whole place around. I can put some, some of the same LED lights that are illuminating the pool in that. So you know, little things here and there kind of when I really bought in was, you know, that it's, there, there's something I like. So I became a, a strong Hayward guy. I still, I, I will work with both, with all three and, and have no problems with the great relationships with, with all of them. So, but, but Hayward has become my general standard. A vendor do, that we use and do work with a lot is ANA, um, which uh, Pintair by ANA. And um, the, the Infor system is, I, I can consider a must on my designs and there's a there's a wide variety some people uh, love them some people can't stand them um I, I always look at it from this it's not a cleaning system it is a circulation system and a the water clarity element that that plays in where if i'm a simple physical science if i'm putting the filtered uh, sanitized heated water at the bottom of the pool and allowing it to filter up as opposed to 18 inches at the top and letting it just disappear then i've got a much more um efficient pool system design. So um, big fan of the ANA as far as their white goods too, how they, the, the Venturi systems um, work with their, with their skimmers and the, the main drains will pull 300 gallons per minute of through the SVRS uh, channel. Yet I can still have a pebble top. So the drain virtually disappears. But if I've got a, an edge pool and almost all of my pools are edge related um, pools, then or have some version of edge on it. And what am I going to do? Put a, a Polaris in there that, that shatters the glass. I'm trying to create a glass, um, you know, wind mirror to the sky. And if, if I do, a, don't do an in-floor system that I'm either sticking a robot in or sticking a thing in there that just kills the whole effect. So, um, big, big with ANA. Um, you want Pebble Tech's one? You want to talk yeah, about Pebble Tech? Yeah, yeah, we love Pebble Tech. It's got mm -hmm. a great warranty. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We've used lots of different types of plaster, and that's the one that has kind of stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. Fireballs. Anytime we have, any, yeah, we can get fireballs from them and other fire features, and so they've been a good trade partner with us. Clearwater Tech. Ozone. Clearwater Tech. Yeah, I love the Clearwater Tech Ozone system. I use that um, anytime I've got a really good job. It, it is a game changer when it comes to water clarity. So great, great product. All right, awesome. The next part that I want to talk about is, uh, you know, trade show season is kind of done with the year, but we do mm -hmm. got Las Vegas coming up. Are you going to be <laughs> teaching any classes over there, Jason? Uh, I am. I don't know what yet. Uh, we'll see. Okay. Yes, I'm teaching some. I don't know what yet, but um, man, I love it. I mean, the shows are just a blast. What's, what's, some, of the, what's some of the comments? I know my, my brother-in-law, Dan, took your class with uh, Lance Irby recently. Um, he's on Lance's team. I mean, what's some oh, of okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. what's, some of the, what's some of the feedback that you get from guys in the industry about things that they want to see in your curriculum? Uh, maybe some some things that, you know, maybe you glossed over on, but is really important to those guys that are, you know, at a novice or intermediate level and trying to pick this up as, you know, their career. 
Um, so on my design class, that's my favorite class I teach. My design 101, the elements of design. It's, I mean, it's it's basic elements, basic design principles, and um, and just standards that that a lot of it, the most designers that are seasoned or experienced just sort of know it intuitively and and have a feel for it, but it's hard to articulate what those actual what it actually is when you could put words to the decisions you make and be able to say why it provides that for more seasoned designers but for for newer or novice designers it gives it's a comfortable safe place i I intentionally make it i'm not a physically i may be intimidating because i'm like you know six foot five and you know the jolly green giant or whatever but it's but if you know me, I'm just a, a bear, teddy bear. Oh, so, yeah, I, I, I shook yeah. your hand and it swallowed mine. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. My voice can be intimidating. I know very there's loud. A, a, very, loud, very loud, all of those things. But on, but that's not my personality. I I, I enjoy I enjoy disarming people and making everyone feel comfortable and finding the positive of where you are and seeing how we can take that to another level together, as opposed to the, you don't know anything, break you down, go away, all that stuff. So, which there have been professors of similar classes that did that in the past. That ain't me. So, um, but yeah, I, I try and take the class and make it where really my overall goal is to get students to start seeing the world through design eyes. So when you, even if they're not going to become amazing designers, because a lot of the students are either novice or they're contractors or something else, they're just trying to get a feel for all the different parts of the industry. But if, if I can take the, you know, show what makes good design and break it down into its functional parts and then show pictures of how these spaces use those then it's the, the really the true joy of, of teaching is when the light bulb comes on, when they get this, oh, now I see. And, and I really, I took the class that sort of I inherited from the previous um, instructors and I, I rewrote it to basically take it from like, you know, 40 to 50 slides. And now it's like 300 something slides where I'm, I make it very visually um, heavy and I'm putting in all the pictures you see in all the magazines and all the win all the awards and all those things You're not saying okay these these are all the award winners from this year from what the luxury pools or you know at P- a PhDA whatever and okay here's the winners why did they win what is it about this space that makes it work that what is the underlying reason that takes a normal pool and makes it special or spectacular so the, those are my my goals in the class. And it's so rewarding when I, I had a student that I'm teaching right now call me today and is just gushing about how he's seeing the world, you know, he's it's opening up new ideas of what he can do with his business and how did I do deal with this problem? And that's, it's the gift back. I, I just, I love it. It's what I enjoy doing. That, uh, that epiphany that light goes on for them that, Hey, you know, this is, uh, this is so much bigger than what I thought it was, you know? And that's what happened to me. I was I was stuck in a rut and I took this class the first time and I was like, there is an out. There's a way I can do this. And, and I did it. And that's, you know, that was fun. Sounds oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys getting together to talk shop with me today and just, you know, sit around and talk about some of your jobs with me. And thank you so much for uh, just, uh, you know, getting together and spending the time with us today. Thank well, you. talking is not a hard thing to do <laughs> i get i get told to shut up well more than i get told to speak up so <laughs> there you go i and it's a subject i could talk about for literally everything
So I enjoy it. I love what I do. I would do what I do every day, even if I wouldn't get paid. Okay, maybe not that, but I would. Uh, <laughs> I would do. I would still be a play a part and live it every day. A big thank you to our sponsor, Genesis, the leading education program for pool builders and design professionals. Genesis and the PHTA are creating better career pathways for builders to become masters of their trade. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.